and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. My name is Aaron, and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy James. 0011. And this week is no exception as we roll into another episode, another week of Sorry You're In My Seat, the podcast that leaves no stone unturned on the quest to find the greatest movies of all time. We'll tackle genres, we'll tackle actors, directors, writers, any special documentaries, horror, action, thriller, drama, romantic comedy. Oh my God, Mm. you won't stop. Nothing is safe from our perilous talons and we'll rip them apart looking for the best of the best, mate, because that's what this podcast is about. Finding the very best, keeping them in our vault, safe from the protection of the horrible world that we live in. What about the bad films I hear you say? We cast them out, mate. Cast them into Sarlacc's pit where they'll stay there, haunting the world forever, destroyed. Good films in the vault. (laughs) Bad films in the pit. That's what we do each and every week on the quest to find the greatest of all time. This week, James, I've got a question for you. What links Blade Runner? What links uh, films like Star Wars? Ooh. What links The Matrix? What can we put with Finch? I think maybe some sort of some sort of networking device powered by electricity, a sentient being, if you will, but not of flesh. Careful, because Skynet is listening. Skynet is listening. And let's just say that your computer found out about this and we've had a, na- a nightmare getting your computer to work for this episode. I know. It knows. This this laptop that we record on is over 10 years old and I only use it for the podcast. Yep. Um, what did you say because- to me before we recorded? Remind you, every time you turn it on that we did an episode about... <laughs> Mario, I know how 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 this podcast didn't commit suicide after we did the nineteen ninety four Mario movie, ninety three Mario movie. But- Do you what? Critics critics hate it. Audiences are loving the new one, but I love its art style and the fact it obviously celebrates the games mm. that we grew up. I think if you go to Mario film looking for a critical masterpiece, you've severely misunderstood what that film was about. Compare it to ninety four. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what it- about ninety four? So we don't. I don't want to talk about it. We don't talk about it. But one of the critics said it was too close to the source material. <laughs> what fucking game were they playing? <laughs> when Mario goes into a cop shop and everyone's in BDMS. <laughs> it's a bit odd, isn't it? Let's not revisit it. No, We've no, done God, that. No, we it done went it. in the pit, James. <laughs> it went in the pit. It didn't go in the vault, did it? But no, the laptop that we record on is so old and I only use it now for this because it's got all our software on it. It's got all it's our got, saved files on it. It's got a theme tune. We'll never change. Exactly, yeah. So if we lost this laptop, we'd lose everything. And then it's, it's got that song that we use only at Christmas. In fact, actually, in fact, actually, that's what this podcast is about. It's not this podcast doesn't end when our friendship ends. This doesn't end when one of us dies. It ends when the laptop dies. So if we want if if all of a sudden we disappear and there's no more shows. It's a laptop. Just assume it's this the laptop's gone. But in true fashion, on a week when we're gonna talk about AI and um futuristic technologies where uh, things become self-aware. Oh yeah. Um, you know that's the theme of this week. Uh, no, no joke that my laptop decided not to turn on or, or work or, or anything. And also, listeners, I do apologise. This is a shorter episode this week because time mm. is against us. The delay in setting up. James and I have got a very special mission uh, that we need to fulfil. That is uh, cheese and vegetable tops. Exactly. And is probably going to be delivered at a certain time that needs us to end. So, <laughs> so enough of that. You're great. I'm great. Moving on. Everything's great. Um, AI, it came up. Mm. So we've got some things about AI. Um, the old, oh, I always forget his name. He, he owns everything now. He's, Elon Musk. Elon Musk said that it's the biggest danger to the planet that we live on is AI. So I've got a question. Why did you create it, you dickhead? <laughs> just, yeah. just, it, right, if films have shown us anything is don't trust AI. The biggest one being Skynet. If Skynet didn't invite time travel, it wouldn't have then destroyed itself in the future, thus negating the purpose of time travel, thus not creating John Connor, to, who sends back his own dad to impregnate his mother, mm. causing the great Skynet 
paradox. So AI is it as clever as we want. But then if you look at the Matrix, mate, it it hates humanity so much. It's like, right, fuck you, we're going to turn you into batteries. <laughs> when when really weird is batteries exist. <laughs> Just yeah. be easier to make batteries, mate. Yeah, I still think that that f- film would have been much funnier if uh, if it was cows that gave off the energy. Because can you imagine being like, he's the chosen cow? <laughs> Watch the shit. I always watch this shit out of that. <laughs> um, He's beginning to believe. <laughs> I think. But later. the um, yeah, the, the concept of AI in film. I mean, for me, Blade Runner, the idea, humanoid. Uh, you know, the idea of not even knowing themselves. Yeah. But you know, the the most ride or die droid of all time, R two D two. Oh, that's and C three PO. You know. So something did happen in like the early nineties, probably the late eighties, where AI stopped being your friend, stopped being a comfort. It was no longer your robot companion. It was the thing that was going to skin you alive and use you as batteries. It mm. was. It, it turned on horror. People say the Matrix. There's a film that you and I have both seen called Virus, yep. which is when it dialed that that mother up to eleven. Mm. Uh, uh, right, get me right. A computer virus that does want to be made human though, because it goes around. Skinning people. Yeah, hell-raising people. It yeah. wants a bit of skin. In a terrifying shoot, when you finally see it, nowadays it's comical, but I remember at the time literally pissing me like, oh my God! I'm, it's, <laughs> it's like someone watched a bit of Terminator <laughs> and was just like, ah, I got the gist of it. Should we put it on a boat with Jamie Lee Curtis? Go on then. Oh, what a fun. AI is basically the trope, but the world we live in now, AI basically reminds you, um, there's a great story I always remember about how advanced really small systems are going. So I used to work for Sainsbury's it basically got this woman's pattern and what she was eating and what she was buying on a monthly basis that it predicted that she was going to get pregnant. So it offered, the voucher came off and said, oh, you'll need some nappies. And she went, why would I need nappies? A few weeks later, it took a test, she was pregnant. Because wow. it knew based on the cravings and how often she bought it. So it was learning. Mm. That's Sainsbury's, mate. Well, Sainsbury's phone, is phone a shit all the time. How many times do you talk about something and then 10 minutes later, you're on Facebook and then there's the advert, and the exact got, yeah. thing that you were talking about. And now particularly with... Things like uh, Amazon Echoes and Dots and things placed around the home, the, you know, the, the number of microphones that you've got. It, I mean, it is. The, the thing with Elon Musk, though, going back to that, is they've put a five-year ban on, haven't they, of, of, mm. of developing AI technologies, which to me says it's because of, really, because of one or two things, the reason they're doing that, in my cynical mind. Yeah. One is because that some because someone like Elon Musk wants to patent it. Yes. And doesn't want anyone else getting their hands on it because it is going to be the number one thing that everyone is going to need it's like so ai it's like when the text message was invented and i remember reading an article that was basically said that was that was free money Mm. it cost nothing for the phone provider to send a text message so when before we were all on contracts and it was 5p a text or 10p a text whatever it was that is free money because text messages they don't store anywhere they don't cost anything to send um, and AI will be the next thing. And so my first theory is that it's because the likes of the Elon Musk of this world um, want to pattern it so that the everyman, you or I, can't use it, can't benefit from it, can't become, can't produce the best script ever or the best TV show or, or whatever. That's number one. Number hmm. two is because my other theory around why they want to slow down the development of AI is because they know or someone knows how fast it is advancing and we don't have the technology yet to debunk it. Mm. And the moment we start having online political leaders or film stars having to go to, on trial to say, I didn't say that, it, someone's made that. And if we haven't got the technology to debunk that actually it's a deep fake, that's when I think uh, the other reason why they, because I think it's advancing quicker than we're able to stop it. If you've got a, someone like Putin and they do a video of him saying, you know, now with the media and how powerful it is, yeah, 
I think that's the other reason is because I mean, look at the Star Wars thing. So Star Wars, when you watched the Mandalorian recently, I have watched the Mandalorian. So the first time we see Luke Skywalker appear, mm, um, yeah. everyone's like, "Yeah, it's all right, it's okay." Um, you know, it's the best it can be for the technology. Next, next time we get him, um, much he's uh, much much better, and that's because a guy on the internet was like, "I can do it better than the, the than the people Disney have employed." You know, to to come in and do it. So again, I think I don't know. That's not strictly AI because it's not self-aware. But but if you look at it now, you use it for like you can put a photo in it, and you can say, "Oh, I want this photo," but in the style of an eighties anime, mm. you can do it for you. You can ask it questions, Chat GBT. You can ask it questions, and it can form you things. Yeah, which is maybe what I've done. Maybe uh, maybe I got my hands on a bit of AI, mate. And used it to ruin the world that we live in. See, I love that you've done that because I downloaded an AI app and I just asked it to do loads of weird shit. <laughs> oh, I also did as well. It's, <laughs> it, because it's great. And I know this is a film-based podcast. So I asked it to write the Sorry You're In My Seat film. Z. Z. I, had lot, I had a lot of times on me recently. And that's over now. But I had some time. <laughs> so we thought best to talk about it. We'll talk about this and AI. And Aaron has no idea what I'm about to say. And trust me, audience, you don't either. I tell you what I wrote into chat and I'll tell you what chat told me. Are you ready? I'm, re- I'm as ready as I'm going to be. The world premiere. So I asked chat GBT to write me a film synopsis in the vein of Die Hard about two best friends called James and Aaron who host a podcast called Corey, Sorry You're In My Seat. This is what it came up with. If I, if, if I could be asked to do production anymore, like yeah. our first 50 episodes, yeah. I'd put a drum roll or something in. I don't blame you, mate. I, I, you don't... Mm. But, <laughs> but that free cheese mission is... is, 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 is hurting <laughs> its way, mate. Gary, faster than a racehorse with 29 legs. <laughs> to talk about shit, Jack. That. The Domino say, I shit. Yeah. It's never... One, it's never Gary. And two, that's not a fast animal. That's a monstrosity of nature that you've created. <laughs> James and Aaron, best friends and hosts of the popular podcast, Sorry You're In My Seat. I didn't, popular, he came up with that. Himself, right? forcing, it, yeah. Head to remote island in search of a legendary buried treasure. I'm, I'm intrigued. With their trusty monkey psychic chuckles. Things happened. <laughs> in tow, the duo embarks on an adventure filled with danger and excitement. So 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 far, mate, I'm in. Island, like, monkey, adventure, treasure. Oh, Buffett. <laughs> exactly, that's the only thing that's missing, mate. But things take a dark turn when they discover that one of their own has betrayed them and is after the treasure for themselves. Wait, so it's between you, me and the monkey? It's fucking 100% you. Because I know it's not me. <laughs> With the help of a local guide and some unlikely allies, James and Aaron must outwit their adversary and retrieve the treasure. Oh, so the monkey. <laughs> Hold on to that thought. Oh, wow. And retrieve the treasure before it falls into the wrong hands. As they navigate treacherous terrain and encounter deadly obstacles, James and Aaron rely on their unique skills and personalities to overcome challenges and stay one step ahead of their enemy. James's quick wit and humour find levity in even the most dire situations, while Aaron's maverick spirit drives them forward. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Aaron, you maverick. Get him him an airplane. (laughs) Oh... But will their friendship survive the ultimate test of trust and loyalty? And can they overcome the odds to claim the treasure and cement their place in history? Find out in Sorry You're In My Seat, The Treasure Hunt, a thrilling action comedy that will keep you on the edge of your seat until the very end. Well, first film, mate. I'm just saying, that's there. I feel like AI's been a bit lazy with that. It has, it it's has pulled together some. It's pulled together some uh, Chuckles generic. Chuckles, not me, mate. That, that was Chuckles all. Chuckles, I'm feeling is original. Monkey didn't see it coming. Monkey didn't see it coming. Not the but, villain, though. But a lot it just, of the things like, the villain. 
you know, being friends, you know, cementing, they're placing history. It is generic. They're, they're generic terms, mm. I think. And I think the storyline of Buried Treasure. Yeah. I mean, I think your your AI app knew that you watched Uncharted probably. recently. Yeah, I mean, it's in, it's Indiana you. Jones is on its way out. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's probably something with that. Have you seen that Indiana Jones trailer? I have. Let's talk about it next week. Okay. <laughs> Did you see? You I see did. True Detective season. Mate. I did see mate. that, mate. Yeah, I'm mate. down for that. Watch episode episode next week. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm beginning to regret cancelling my Now TV subscription for Sky Atlantic because I'm going to need it back. Yeah, you are. Oh god, it looks so good. Right. So no, I agree with you. I thought that was very generic. I thought it was very what generic. What kind of treasure do you think we're trying to find? Do you think it's treasure in the in the symbolic gold, or I, do you think it's treasure? I think in... it's I think it's a thing is a cursed treasure. But we realise on our way that the real treasure is friendship. That's what it is. There That's it what is. the real treasure is. I feel like we find that out at the very end of Act 3. No, I like to, I like to find out we find that out immediately and realise it's a MacGuffin and then leave. I, I, <laughs> I, like to think, I like to think that because all films, as you enter Act 3 or at the end of Act 2, yeah. you need the friendship to be questioned. And I like to think yes. the monkey came between us. <laughs> It just, it just, it threw like a like a ruby in your pocket. Went, it's, 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 maybe he's done it. <laughs> it's funny you should mention that because remember Chuckles. Remember Chuckles because Chuckles was a completely adventurous thing that the AI added. I didn't ask for it to have a monkey psychic or anything. It just like you know what? Sorry, you're missing needs monkey psychic called Chuckles. Also, it doesn't mention that Chuckles can talk, and that might come up later. <laughs> What kind of monkey do you do you envision? You think massive orang- orangutan, massive orangutan, chimpanzee? Because you know, most most people think like a, a tiny tiny a spider monkey. I'm thinking like giant gorilla, maybe like, a, like black silk. <laughs> maybe a Thomas Leaf monkey, a gibbon. Ooh, but you didn't think I knew that many monkeys. <laughs> <did you? laughs> to be honest, mate, I don't even know. How, you could have blind about. <laughs> uh, I didn't ask you actually what kind of monkey your course was. Get it back on the phone, <laughs> oi. As we can all agree, there's some fine work there. I had a little time, so I asked for a review of this film. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> on a what, Star System or? No, no. So, oh, just, just, uh, so, so, so I just went, so afterwards I went, please review, review this film. The film. <laughs> oh boy, where do I even begin with this one? <laughs> Sorry in my seat, the treasure hunt is a wild ride that's equal parts ridiculous and entertaining. I mean, that's this show, to be fair. <laughs> First of all, let's talk about the characters. James and Aaron are the perfect odd couple. <laughs> <laughs> with James playing the lovable wisecracking goofball while Aaron is the coldest cucumber maverick <laughs> Chuckles the monkey steals the show though who knew a monkey sidekick could be so damn charming everyone <laughs> if you watch you film with a monkey sidekick the monkey you don't care about humans it's one thing AI will never get like so so Star Wars is a great example. You know, C-3PO, R2-D2, they changed him with a parrot mm. and a giraffe. You fucking love that shit. You're like, yes. There's not enough giraffe in film. I say that, I say that every week. <laughs> oh, The plot is as cliche as they come. Yeah, yeah fair that's fair, that's fair. But that's kind of the point, right? Oh, we've got the whole searching for buried treasure thing going on, complete with double-crossing villains and unlikely allies. It's like... Indiana Jones meets Lethal Weapon meets Ace Ventura <laughs> meets Dustin Jackson. <laughs> what was Dunstan? Dunstan was... That's, he was that orangutan. Orangutan. Well, he was orangutan. orangutan. Like Clive in uh, Any Which Way But Lose. Yeah, there you go. Who was played by a monkey called Buddha. <laughs> You're just... Mate, honestly, don't, don't, don't ask for monkey facts <laughs> on this podcast. But what really sets this movie apart is the humour. James is constantly cracking jokes and breaking the fourth wall, making for some seriously laugh-out-loud moments. They were some of the best, mate. Like, when I turned, I went, this is a bit cliche, isn't it? (laughs) Fourth wall breaks, left, right. (laughs) 
<laughs> the script is full of witty one-liners and pop culture references that will have you snickering all the way. Oh, I'll do some more snickering, mate. I'll be honest, Chad GBT gets me. Mm. Is it a cinematic masterpiece? Probably not. But it is a fun, enjoyable romp that will leave you feeling entertained and maybe a little bit silly. Absolutely. So grab some popcorn and settle in for a good time. Just don't take it too seriously. Hey, yeah, well, it's like better, to... better than most of our reviews for films we've actually seen. <laughs> I'd like to point out that... That was a review of his own film. <laughs> he could have gone masterpiece. <laughs> film. I mean, you wrote it, you dick. <laughs> but it does. It does. If there's anything to take away from this this week's episode, it's just be careful of the reviews on like Amazon. Yes, because Good shout. when you start talking like that, in my head, I'm seeing all those reviews on Amazon that I see uh, on Google. Google for yes. reviews. I never even thought that films. was a cracking shot because they're all fake, you know. And IMDb, a lot of them now are fake as well. And when you read them, it's like it's like a love this film. This film is the best film I've seen this year. Uh, I, I've showed it to my whole family. It saved my family. <laughs> my family is now saved. We we watch this film once a week. We're so grateful for this film. <laughs> and that's an Adam Sandler film. <laughs> oh, mate. I did it. I was like, I had some time. I had some time. So I said, turns out I had even more time on my hands than I realised. So I asked for a sequel. I asked for a sequel and said, could you write me a sequel? That is, and I used the word Xania. Please say it goes to space. In the sequel to Sorry You're In My Seat, The Treasure Hunt, James and Aaron take their podcast to new heights. Literally. <gasps> the duo finds themselves in outer space. Yes! Facing off against their former friend turned enemy, Sam, <laughs> who has nefarious plans for the galaxy. I forgot I did say add a third character called Sam. So, but this all got confused because I asked it actually originally who was the, who was the traitor in the first one because he didn't mention it. And he was just like, the traitor will be revealed in the second one. But Sam wasn't even in the first one. Anyway. <laughs> maybe he was. Uh, maybe, maybe he's all... Pulling the strings behind, you know, working in the shadows. Mm. Anyway. I'm invested. Yeah, you are. With the help of some new allies, including a robot with a sarcastic personality and a group of intergalactic rebels, James and Aaron must use their wits and their friendship to save the day. I love that friendship would say, oh, pass us that spanner. Cheers. <laughs> I trust you. But things get complicated when they realise that Sam has some tricks up his sleeve, including a massive army of killer robots. Up his and, sleeve? I know, and an insidious plan to take over the universe. What else are you going to do with an army of killer robots? <laughs> love the fact that he... Dreaming big. This time round, oh yeah, I did ask you to throw in some catchphrases. This time around, the budget is through the roof with CGI effects that will blow your mind. Think Star Wars meets Guardians of the Galaxy meets Transformers. So all three of those films, <laughs> so just one of them. And the action is non-stop with epic space battles and daring escapades. But all is not well for our dynamic duo. The film ends on a cliffhanger that leaves one of them in a perilous situation. An audience are left wondering if they'll make it out alive as the credits roll, a teaser for the third film flashes on the screen, promising even more adventure and excitement. So buckle up and prepare for a wild ride with Sorry You're In My Seat, Space Invaders. It's a sci-fi adventure that's out of this world. <gasps> Literally. Mate. And I, didn't ask for a third. You he didn't. fucking knew it was, he knew, he knew it was coming for, he knew. It was like, you're having a third. I mean, let's dissect what's happened here. Mate. We've, we've gone for treasure hunting on an island with a monkey. But we discovered true friendship. Not just, not the friendship that we as humans exist. Mm. A real friendship that only AI can establish. And somehow, I mean, how, how do you think we got to space in this scenario? Do you think the treasure was a spaceship? Time machine. Yeah. Something ridiculously like an actual treasure. Like the ability to travel dimensions. It's basically Moonraker by this point. It's <laughs> 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 you, you know when you're just a few steps ahead of someone, I was like, it's Moonraker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's Moonraker. Because that, that's when I watched Moonraker. Do you know the one thing I thought was missing? A monkey. 
Notice how Chuckles not mentioned in it, mate. <laughs> Chuckles, who was an integral part of the first film, disappeared. Took a bullet for us. Maybe. Maybe. At the maybe. End of, yeah. We all. We. The, it was a. It was a sleight of hand. It, it made you think he was the villain. Sam comes out of the shadows exactly. at the end of that first movie. Chuckles jumps, takes a bullet. Who do you think he was diving in front of? You and me. Uh, you purely because if he's down in front of me, he'd still have to jump a fair bit. <laughs> he jumps, so he's still. You haven't covered half of me. <laughs> Chuckles, what are you doing? So, mate, I'm just saying, as the sequel goes, he's run out of ideas immediately, gone space. There's nowhere else you can go after space. That's, that's why oh, turns I out you can. That's why I don't think we got a Fortress free, because after the first one, Crystal <laughs> Lambert, the second one, they went to space. Where'd you go after that? And also, what is with, what is with so many space films being about controlling the galaxy? I don't know, but bearing in mind the galaxy is massive. I, I, I know, that's why would so you want much it? effort. I struggle I, to like keep my garden intact. You know, I, like, I, do you know, like, I, like Skeletor? When yeah. he's like, I want to rule the galaxy. Why? I, I think, though, he's like, Skeletal must have been bullied when he's growing up. So he's like, you, you've got to do something with your life. Yeah. He's like, I can't invent aspirin has been done. I can't, I can't write happy days. It's been done. Straight. Before, you, before you get after <laughs> the galaxy, get a fucking nose. <laughs> get some skin, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. same, with the, same with the Emperor in Star Wars. Like, I, just think the galaxy. I just think it's good. I don't think he wanted to win. I just thought, because his plan is essentially, it's so slow moving. Like, I don't understand. Right, so the Emperor is just sitting in his... Right, episode one, he's just sat there. He's going, I am a Sith, but no one knows. I've got a plan. Mm. I'm going to start a trade war. And everyone goes, well, why? It's like, because somehow you'll then get all the power in the second film. Oh, that's good. You come across a boy. You go, well, I was waiting for that boy. Yes. <laughs> that's good. And then <laughs> all of that, all of it's like hope that this boy does everything. And it does. So so as plans go, it's just, I think at the end of the time, I, I did, this has gone too far. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't I'm, mean for I'm the universe. I'm <laughs> So please stop me. <laughs> just after that, just like, universe, go on. Like that scene where he drops his hand and makes windows like about to kill him. He's like, do it. I yeah. don't stop it. And then he tries, he goes to the other extreme. He's like, how can I get this kid? I'll go kill some kids. And he does. And he's like, oh shit. <laughs> just, <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So sorry, absolutely ridiculous that he won't do. Go kill the kids. Yeah. Oh fuck. That backfired. Go strangle your wife on a, on a planet, mate. Laugh at He's just used AI, mate. <laughs> Write me a storyline with this boy will fuck off. Also, I'd like to point out that boy went on to create AI. No one thinks that's weird. Yeah. Yeah, he gave life to C three PO. C three PO, yeah. Would you watch the second one? The second film, yeah. Um, Immediately, the trailer opens in space, though. So you got to think. Oh, so am I? In, I don't know. If I I'm feel in the mood like the first it. one was a success. We open through the treasure. Sold out. We open the treasure, but it's never revealed. It starts on this one as a spaceship. Yeah, they I didn't. Mean, and also, they did a Matrix here. The first one was very successful, but they didn't have a clear going, so they wrote two and three together because this film tease you with a third film that I didn't even ask for see yet. I don't know I don't know I don't know whether I want to see us you know boards a plane a ship and go into space or whether you know I've paid good money sit down and then the film starts and you're like oh fuck we're in space and it's not explained yeah like I, then I'm with it like could be a fourth wall breaking joke <laughs> do you know the cinematic masterpiece that was Jason X I felt uh, the only bit I really thought was silly about that film was that it actually, <laughs> actually gave an excuse as to why they were up there. And it should have just been that they were up there. I don't know. Right, so can you, maybe you can help me here. Right. So he is, he's frozen. Uh, go on then. Yeah. He's yeah. frozen in, in, I was going to say present time, which is a weird sentence, but on earth. Yeah. Then they find him on a ship and mm-hmm. then they take him back to earth, but he's on earth. So where did you go? <laughs> what did you take him out and then go round the universe then on Thorium, and then go, oh, let's go back to Earth then. I... Uh, it's not like they crash into Mars. 
No, no, at the end, he's forced into Earth, back into Earth's atmosphere, and he lands in Crystal Lake. That's a good good shot. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's epic, mate. That's a good shot. I know, because there have been times when, like, I've been eating food and I've missed my mouth. (laughs) And you think, and you think Jason fell from the sky. (laughs) I don't think he was just like, (laughs) wee. He's like, I would literally land anywhere but the lake. (laughs) Oh, shit. Because like the lake isn't the lake a bit like his Achilles heel? It's like the place that imprisons him. No, I think it's they imply in the one where he takes on Freddy Krueger that it's water. When you just like get in the bath, then if he's yeah. texting you, run the taps, you'll be fine. Because he's <laughs> just don't go to Crystal Lake. Just spit on him. <laughs> oh mate, oh I would watch the second one. I like space. I'm a bit of a space whore. Yeah, I, I am. I am. Do you know what? I find myself more and more coming to the realization that sci-fi is in my top. I love sci-fi. Genres. I love sci-fi. I love these stories. I love the the. Ah. I love AI. What I love about AI is how it changed. So like that circuits film. I, short circuits. Short circuits. You know, it finds a butterfly. I know there's like terrible racist casting in it, but AI just loves life. Mm. Nowadays, when you say an AI film, you're just like, oh, so it kills everyone. Then. Like, look at the film Stealth. They put AI in a stealth bomber, and then it's just like, do you know what? Fuck the planet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Wally. If you're going to go short circuit, oh, go yeah, Wally. Wally. Yeah, exactly. Oh. I wonder if we'll have any AI. Oh, we don't. I don't want to teach you that. Are you ready? I think I'm about as ready as I'm ever going to be. In the in the highly anticipated third and final installment, I did ask you for it to be the final installment. Did write a sequel, like prequel. What crap? I've been did, don't worry. In the highly anticipated third and final installment of Sorry in My Seat franchise, James and Aaron find themselves in a bizarre alternative universe where everything is upside down. Quite literally. One of others is literally is the word that could So you asked where you go 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 to after space. That's why I didn't ask for that, mate. I did not ask for that. Yeah, I, I can't get my head around this at the minute. The duo quickly realizes that they've been transported to a world where everything they once knew has been turned on its head. Could have used the word literally there, but it didn't. Do you know uh talking of our, our our ex colleague Sam who used to be on the podcast? Yeah. Do you ever do you ever tell you about for like a full year every time when he was living at home with his mum and dad mm-hmm. every year for a full year every time I went around I just tried to turn as many things upside down as possible yes. yeah. <laughs> so, you got so quite far didn't I you I did <laughs> one, time, one time I got like most of the kitchen upside down <laughs> I think they knew they just didn't care they just yeah. thought they had like alright poor guys it, it started small I started just turning photo frames upside down Yeah, that's how it started but like all drugs <laughs> <So> you're, gate- <laughs> you're fucking using your gateway objects <laughs> But yeah, I feel like I really peaked when I when I flipped up the uh, the dining room table and the fruit bowl. But yeah, I'm still not allowed around there. It took, took them years to know it. <laughs> as they try to navigate this strange new world, they encounter a mysterious figure known only as the Prophet, who warns them that they must find a way to break the curse that has been placed on this universe before it's too late. Well, the- I know, mate. As they journey through the twisted world, they encounter a host of strange and wacky characters, including a talking llama, a group of robot zombies, and a sentient tree who insists on singing show tunes. <laughs> Mate, they there's fucking, a lot to unpack in this one, isn't there? They fucking dial the this prophet, up. The prophet sounds awesome. It does sound awful. Like, awesome. Oh, sorry. <laughs> if I was going about Star Wars, that, that would be my character. Yeah, the prophet. The prophet. Yeah, are, you, are, you, are you a Sith or are you a... Just, just talk. I'm the prophet. What if he didn't I'm speak? Great, what, if, what if he didn't speak, mate? And then a sentient tree just came along and started singing, singing in the rain. <laughs> or a fucking talking llama. Robot zombies? Yeah, I mean, that one, that one I'm, we're, we're dangerously in virus territory again, aren't we? We are. There you go, AI. Sorted. It links. Oh, dude, can you imagine that? If, like, Terminator 3, Dark Fate, yeah. saying that, that they retconned the other ones and that was the direct sequel to the second one. If 
If that was a robot, a, a zombie Terminator, that would have been yeah. so cool, wouldn't that it? That would be cool. It's like it was. It's the it's the nineties. Yeah, it's the nineties Schwarzenegger. Um, you know, like caught, crawled out the lava. You didn't see it, and now he really is haggard. Oh yeah. It's somehow his skin. He goes to see the robot from virus and grabs his skin back. He's wow. teamed up with Skeletor <laughs> on a skin mission. <laughs> <laughs> On this AI episode, do you think you mentioned Skeletor as much as you have? <laughs> no, but I, yeah, as, as to, in terms of three psychic characters, because the third, the third film needs that. You know, like you needed Samuel Jackson in the third Dialed movie. Do you know what I mean? You need to inject. They did. I didn't like the second one. How do you top Naked Cry, Samuel L. Jackson? Sorted. We're talking about Dialed there, not these films, because <laughs> oh yeah, so Samuel Jackson strictly a twelve. Yeah. As the trio makes their way toward their final destination, they realize they must confront their darkest fears come to terms with their own moral- mortality. God, this, do you remember when it started with buried treasure? Talk about fucking losing your way. <laughs> the prophet warns them that everyone has a death note. Yes. And that they must be prepared to face the consequences of their actions. In a thrilling showdown, James and Aaron come face to face with the mastermind behind the curse and must use their wit and cunning to finally put an end to the madness once and for all. As the credits roll, the camera pans out to reveal that James and Aaron have returned to their own universe, having come full circle in their journey. They exchange a knowing glance, both realising that they will never forget the strange and absurd absurd adventure they've just had. And with that, the Sorry in My Seat franchise comes to an end, leaving audiences with a final message. Everyone has a death note, but it's up to us to make the most of the time we have. I like it. It's a cheery message at the it's, end there. It's a cheery, you're going to die. It start- <laughs> but, you know. It started out as a, as a, as a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. We then mm. moved to a Star Wars film. And then we somehow came back full circle as a, uh, what would you call that last one? It'd be a Cloverfield Paradox yeah. slash Christopher Nolan film. Mm. Inter- interstellar, but when one I of us... I think Nolan is- would have directed that third one, yeah, for sure. Have, he would have definitely <laughs> got in there. Mate, I, I don't know how you feel, but that third one did actually bring me around. It's like the idea that we were done with treasure, that mm. we'd actually decided to now face our fears and our own mortality. That's that's deep, mate. That's deep. And I, I like to point out, I, I very, I obviously I had to put the catchphrases in because you don't listen to the show, AI stupid, maybe in the future. Mm. But I did ask for those catchphrases and I thought they were used succinctly, mate. So it's beautiful. I, I I genuinely watched the shit out of that third film. I, I would watch the trilogy, I think. I think there's enough in there from Talking Llamas and, and Psychic Monkeys, you know, and, and The Prophet. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, mate. I'll be honest. Mm. Reviews weren't that good for the th- for the trilogy. For the whole three. Despite the high expectations and potential of the franchise, the Sorry in My Seat trilogy fails to deliver a satisfying experience to audiences. Mm. The absurdity and wackiness of the storylines in the second and third installments are only serve to undermine the already weak foundation of the first film. Cock. But you know, I I love the film. I love the thing. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a review here. In short, I asked for the opposite. In short, Sorry in My Seat is a tour de force of cinema that we remember for generations to come. Everyone has a death note, but these films will live forever as a testament to the power of storytelling and the magic of the movies. But you know what? After all of that, I genuinely had one question, mate. I had one question that I needed to know, a question that had been at the back of my mind. Where were the wizards? No, maybe I should have asked that. I'll go back one time and ask you where the wizards were. No, I said, I said, what's the one question you've got from that? Mine was, I just needed to know who the mastermind, but who the story was. Mm. And for one, I was amazed. Throughout the third film, James and Aaron are on a mission to uncover the identity of the mysterious mastermind who has been manipulating events from behind the scenes. They suspect it might be Sam, their former friend turned arch nemesis, but the truth turns out to be far more shocking. 
In the cinematic final act, James and Aaron finally track down their mastermind to a secret underground lair. They are shocked to discover that it's none other than Chuckles. Bastard. I didn't pinned. The monkey psychic who has been with them since the first film, just ignored in the second (laughs) film. As they confront Chuckles, he reveals that he's been manipulating events all along. He was the one who planted the idea of buried treasure in James and Aaron's heads in the first film, and he has been pulling the strings ever since. He wanted to create the perfect adventure for his two favourite humans, and he has been guiding them every step of the way. James and Aaron are stunned by this revelation, but they quickly realise that they can't let Chuckles get away with his villainous <laughs> plot. Glock him. <laughs> in a tense and action-packed finale, they team up to take down their former psychic and save the world. The revelation that Chuckles was the mastermind all along is a shocking twist that turns the entire trilogy on its head. It shows that even the most unlikely characters can be hiding a dark secret, and that James and Aaron's adventures are never quite what they seem. I mean, it I'm screams not, fourth movie, doesn't it? It, it does. Chuckles, the return. The Return of Chuckles. No, the fourth film was how we became friends in sacred school. I didn't want that funny. <laughs> so, so I disliked that. I was like, no, you peaked. You peaked at the third film, which I generally thought was brilliant. <laughs> and then by the fifth film, we both have daughters and they have to pick up the, uh, yes. the legacy. Yes. Mm. So AI wrote as a trilogy of films. I like the first one, I think, was a bit generic. The second one, though, mate, he kind of knew that it was out of ideas space. But the third one, mate, different dimension, upside down. AI was actually... So I guess one of the biggest stories, can AI ever create a masterpiece? No. No. <laughs> but it can give you some good ideas. Because I genuinely, I was like, where do you go from space? Oh, alternative reality. Yeah, I mean, even if from that you took, um, I mean, yeah, I, the thing is the first one was quite generic. But it yeah, I, I suppose even if you took, to get the ball rolling, do you know what I yeah, mean? Exactly. Like, let's say you was a writer, not just in film, but in, in comic or, or, or books or whatever it is, novels or whatever. Um, you might take inspiration from just a few segments, exactly. a few lines, yeah, you know, exactly. and, and it just gets your natural cogs going. Like like musicians do. A musician often, if they get hit a stumbling block, will um, start to listen to other music, start to learn other music, and somewhere in that mishmash of trying to learn it and you make you know some wrong turns and some mistakes, sparks that creativity to say, okay, that's not right, but what is that? And then you start, oh, okay, now I'm writing something, you mm. know. Um, what I like about this and what I think AI has got it future is it remembers everything so you as a writer might forget something but the idea that I asked it so for the third film I said I, I want a shocking end that I'm, I'm not expecting and it remembered Chuckles that I hadn't mentioned throughout the synopsis for the second and the third film so it was so it was good it, it understood what a shocking twist was and actually delivered on a to- I was like oh oh okay cool and like its idea was it wanted to bring a friendship so it was different now was it masterpiece Christ no it wasn't but then again you know it was me that was typing into it I reckon you could get some great ideas from this. You could type in your own history and then ask for, like, you know, your fictional character history. You can ask for it to um, create something. And I, I just think it's a really good sounding board. A sounding board that actually talks back. I think soundboard's the good good fit. I mean, and, and I think with film, I mean, who knows? There may be films coming out that are, you know, heavily implied are. Yeah. It, this is the exact same as when they started worrying that camera phones were getting so... Uh, advanced that they would replace you know traditional filmmaking and anyone was going to be able to be a filmmaker and that's true to some degree with mm. the software that's available but it it's didn't not, it didn't yeah. saturate the market did it all of a sudden and also you know so it was a fad it kind of there was some films that were made on iPhones that were like okay great achievement but not it doesn't replace IMAX quality cameras and I think the same for this I think the danger I suppose is when you start getting AI art or AI um poetry yeah. and i think then we're not to say that you don't pump your heart and soul into literature or into screenplays but 
I suppose more dangerous would be, yeah, it would, I think it would, not dangerous is a very loose word, but do you know what I mean? I think it'd be more detrimental to like the poetry community um, than it would film at the moment. But it's inevitable that that's the way that it's going to go. I mean, music, you know, going from CD to MP3 to streaming, you know, from film going from cinemas and Blu-ray to streaming, it's the way it's going to go, unfortunately, as, as, as technology advances. In fact, we'll listen back to this podcast in 10 years' time and be like, fuck it, oh, they were on the ball. That monkey film was epic. <laughs> can, I just been... say, can I just say that I was going to be played by Ryan Reynolds. I asked it for choice and I had to go and he was like, I don't know. But based on our roles, uh, James was going to be played by Ryan Reynolds and you were going to be played uh, by John Boega. John, Bar- Bo- John Boega? Oh, okay, yeah. And, uh, I can Sam, see it. We've got the same... Uh... Tom Hiddleston. As a no. Sam. Uh, but then the best one, mate, Doug Jones as Chuckles. Yes. I can see yes. that. I can see that. <laughs> Any excuse for Doug Jones? Best use of AI in film? Um, it has to be Skynet. I think Skynet is the ultimate. The AI, the the idea is that when we think of AI, we and you know the conversation we have now, like on a political level, oh, like, well, I don't know about it. There's an MP that's going, have you seen Terminator? <laughs> have, you, have you seen it? I really liked iRobot. I wrote, the idea yeah. that there was two different AIs that had two completely different interpretations of the human race. I ever thought it was really cool. There's one that's that sees beauty, and then there's other one that sees beauty, but it needs to save the human race. Mm. So by using the human race, it will disregard some of its laws. Whereas I can't remember the the single robot, Sonny. Sonny, but he interprets the same rules differently. So he's like, "Oh, AI can have different opinions." I thought that was really cool. Mm. I think it's a bit of a cliche when AI goes completely killer. In video games, there's a nice in the Mass Effect series that the ship that you're on in the second and the third one is an AI that close to love mm. and it seeks out different things, which is really cool because the villain you're against is a giant AI that's trying to wipe out all organic life. So it's, again, a nice counterbalance. I, I love the storytelling that AI because it comes into the old visage. And the theory is, you know, God created man, man killed God, man created AI, AI. Yeah, so yeah. it's like it's like that, that constant like your creations will kill you. I do like it, but as a storytelling device, I don't really know where we go from here. Yeah, it's weird. I think in a modernization as well, it it plays on the Frankenstein thing, doesn't it? Yeah. Reanimation now being if you look at a film like Ex Machina, oh you know, great film. And then you go, yeah, you go from that godlike complex of creating life, life that is sentient or life that is self aware, you know, life that has. Um, morals or judgment you know feelings and emotion i i do like I go back to blade runner i love the idea of them not even knowing themselves that yeah. they're replicas or that they are um I borrow time and they just exist for one mm. purpose yeah that's really cool i never the skynet yeah. is the baddie the big boy because if you think god if the terminator is as terrifying as what it is yeah and that's that and that in some way is self-aware but is still programmed and is still following orders the thing pulling the strings must be terrifying. And so I think Skynet did the really good thing of being, again, the man in the chair. The, the, you don't know what it looks like. You don't know what it is. And the first film, I think, did that really, really well, is it sent a soldier back. No, no, I should have sent 10 back. But. No, I just think that's, that's a really good idea. That's really clever. That's You know, Skynet was really good. And I just remember the AI in War Games when it was like, I'll play tic-tac-toe yourselves. Like, I can't win. Maybe we shouldn't have nuclear disasters. Like, yeah, well played. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, computer from the 80s. But then... Um, you know, what was the other one I was going to say? Um, oh, bollocks now. Uh, Matrix we talked about, wasn't it? Yeah. Westworld. Oh, Westworld, yeah, of course. 
Oh, you talked about like the big reveal in the first series where your man's a robot and didn't even realize. Jeffrey Wright, wasn't it? That in that was one, his yeah. Name, yeah. But of course, obviously the film as well. You know, back in the seventies, I've never seen it. You yeah. know, the, but again, the the idea of um, yes, there being those that play those robots, uh, cyborgs that play a part, and those that don't know they're playing a part, yeah. and, and the scary kind of blend of those two. Because at the end of that series, if we do look at the series in particular. It, the, the, what was so perfect about the end of that series is it changed the whole landscape of, you know, as an audience member, we knew who the robots were, but all of a sudden there's one character that didn't know he was a robot that we certainly didn't know was a robot. So now, it, you know, going into the series two, that was that was a complete open playing field for them to do whatever they wanted to do. And it's a shame that they didn't do anything good. My favourite thing about AI is it's forever learning. So the idea that, you know, I type that into AI, but it learns from what I've written and there's been loads of programs that that's how it's built. That's how it learns it. Questions. There's a great game where it takes 50 guesses to guess who you're thinking of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can think of something so obscure, but it just uses your knowledge and then learns and grows from that. The great thing about AI and why it'll never kill this planet is because humans will use it for pornography. (laughs) That's literally it. It's like, name any type of AI and a man will try and have sex with it. Yeah. So, Can I fuck it? It's the first question. So we're safe from AI because you ask it hello and it'll ask you how you want it. So, you know, we're fine. If Skynet was realistic, he would have sent the Terminator to come back and Roger someone. Um, I suppose other ones that just come to mind, he's said... Uh, Hal is probably the biggest one. Because Hal's Hal scary. is the big, yeah. Because essentially he's just a red eye a lot of the time. I know he obviously creates, he controls mm. everything. But, and also the, the singing and... And AI singing and humming is that's wrong. I suppose right. in more recent terms we've had uh, Megan, which I haven't seen yet, but I'm looking forward to. Uh, yeah, you seen it? No, I've seen the trailer for it, which is why everyone loves it because it's a joke, isn't it? It's, it? That's the one where it's like a girl trying to protect. It's a robot girl trying to protect mm. a girl that murders them. I think mm. it's it doesn't look good. Well, I, I saw Charles play the remake with Mark Hamill, well, voice, so uh, you know I'm done for it. But I will <laughs> watch it at some point. Um, we've also got Bicentennial Man. I mean, if you've got a, a spare nice. eight hours. <laughs> no, <laughs> not for you coming of age fucking romance comedy type thing. Is Good it, film though, I did is, like is, it. Is, is, is it Bicentennial Man or is it AI, the film AI, that has the bear? It's AI, isn't it? AI is the bear. bear. AI is a mess as well. And then at the end, is it aliens or is it advanced AI? Who gives a shit? That, <laughs> no that was cares. a long film to try and it's get through. It's a bad film. I was also, if you're AI, why would you just take it? It's your argument with wizards. Why do wizards just take it? You're a fucking wizard. Do spells and shit. What about um? What about that uh, Ryan Reynolds movie that came out? Free Guy. Oh, I didn't like it. I, I, I like the idea. So the idea as well, and that's like a Westworld thing. You could break free from your programming, mm. become completely sentient. Really cool, but <clears throat> it's just you could tell it's owned by Disney at the time and just get as many Marvel references in as humanly possible. There's that mother android movie that I think we we talked about on a on a podcast not long back. Yeah. The um which which I mean, the AI was such a small part of it. They needed a mm. villain for that film, but it started well. It yeah. started, uh, that, that, that film started with so much promise and it did have a dark ending, actually. Um, it just let itself down a little bit in the middle. Uh, Passenger, the incredibly rapey, uh, like, yeah. <laughs> Jennifer, um, Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence, Lawrence and, and uh, Chris Pratt. <clears throat> Somehow Chris Pratt, they still liked him after that. It wasn't until he shot, he beat Thanos that the people started just like, can I just say that one of my most underrated, you might get me here, Series two of the X Files. There's an AI in an office that they built and it's killing people because they're trying to turn it off. Yeah. And it escapes through the network and hides out in a trailer park. Mm. That's really cool because at the end, you see it's using its scene through camera when a kid comes to get his ball after it's crossed, where it's climbed yeah. over the fence. The idea that it's escaped and is out there 
literally is in a actual trailer park. <laughs> I thought it was genuinely quite exciting. I thought it was really cool. I, I like that idea more than I like the idea of escaping onto the internet and being anywhere. It had a physical location. It was in a trailer park. I thought it was genuinely interesting. Have you ever seen the movie Shocker that came out in 1989? No, I don't believe so. Tell me about Shocker that came out in 1989. So I, it, it's a uh, serial killer when you just mentioned that about hiding in yeah. the trailer park, it just reminded me of this movie called Shocker. It came out like the late 80s. Serial killer gets killed by an electric chair, but he doesn't die, James. Uh, no, he gets turned to electricity. That makes sense. And so like the whole film is like, don't go near the wall. And he just jumps out of a plug and kills you. And it's fucking brilliant. Like such what's, a bad movie. I've got a question for you. What's more realistic, the Shocker or you die near a toy mm. and use voodoo to transfer your soul into it or... You bleed near a batch of cookies and you turn into a gingerbread man killer. It's definitely the third one. I do want to say my other link for the proper <laughs> nerds in this that have seen the film Shocker is that Mitch Pelleggi is in it. <laughs> of course he is. Who is in the X-Files, if, if you don't know that He link. probably thought he was on the episode of the X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, no, the thing about Chucky, the first one, yeah. is that it is a, it, it's a feat in filmmaking in the sense that it's it's kind of like film. There's a film company that like we need to make a horror. We need mm. to make some money. Yeah, but we haven't got a big budget. We got a toy. What <laughs> could we do? Well, we could make a killer doll, killer toy. We can link it into like having some subliminal text about marketing and and whatever. But do you know how stupid it is? Is that he transfers his body into the into the toy, his soul into a toy, and the credits mm. haven't even finished yet. So they're like, yeah, get for it. <laughs> it, it don't matter. Storyline don't matter. You can, there's death slayer. It's like that where they're all like, we're like, right, so we know he's going to kill. We know what he looks like. How do we get him in the doll? Yeah, we'll <laughs> make up on the day. My advice, I lay in that film. That cop is okay with it. It's like, yeah, yeah it's, it's souls, isn't it? No one's going to believe me. It's like, okay, you've just, it's a toy. <laughs> you dickhead. Of course, the other thing is as well is that AI often might not be the, the, focus or the core or the 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 essence of the film but it plays a huge part in it. i mean you've got to look at marvel you got you know particularly that jake gyllenhaal spider-man movie with mm. it you know ai was such a huge part of that jarvis becoming oh, self-aware yeah. you know in in terms of vision um you really so say the villain as well the ultron as well I, <clears throat> one of my favorite examples is actually uh ian home in alien yes a whore for the mission like it's all that matters, isn't it? but then he's counterbalanced by the character of Bishop in Alien and Alien, sorry, in Alien Three. That's really cool as well. The adaptive AI has grown to the point that it it won't follow the company mm. line. It will try and protect uh, the characters, and that's really cool as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ladies and gentlemen, do let us know what your favourite uh, use of AI is in a movie. We've probably missed a huge, uh, most obvious to one. To be honest, we were trying to get these stories in there yeah. <laughs> so we quickly threw us together. And, um, you know, it's not uh, not willingly wanting to cut this short, but there is um, something hot steamy with three cheeses on it that uh, James and I got a date with. So mm. we are going to cut this one a little bit short. Let us know how you... Uh, it does it still excite you because I think has it ruined its, it's in, in a weird way where AI is about infinite possibilities and and not being constricted by the mere imagination of being a, you know humankind. We're not shocked by it anymore. But actually, it has run its course weirdly yeah. in in the narrative of cinema because it's either that the AI becomes self aware and realizes it doesn't need humans, so goodbye humans, mm. or it's lovable psychic character. There's there's not. A lot more that you're really doing you've, with your AI. You've only really got like two storylines you can tell, and you've done them to death. 
Wally was probably the best one because it was a storyline that was different. It fell in love with another AI. Mm. There you go. Wally. That's the best AI because it's different. <laughs> Wally is the best use of AI in a movie. Um, let us know. Let us know your thoughts, your feelings. That is our episode for this week. Sorry, it's a bit shorter. Um, but we apologize I, for nothing. If I don't see you later, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Goodbye. <laughs>